Sean Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. It's Tuesday. Uh, It's Twitter Tuesday per usual. I love Twitter Tuesdays because the conversation can kind of go anywhere. Oh, it Um, will. I'm sure it will. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And I've been told, I've been told that that you have a surprise for me as well. Uh, So I'm excited to to get started. Yes. Uh, So my surprise for you, Landon, is today I was kind of just walking around my house and thinking about what I want the Cowboys to do at number 10. And for the last, I don't know, what, three, four months, I've been all in on the Patrick Sertan bandwagon. I still am. If he's the pick at number 10, Uh-oh. I think the Cowboys had a fantastic draft, and it's going to be awfully hard to mess it up. So if they pick Sertan at, at 10, it's an A-plus by me. However, I think my ideal pick at number 10 has actually changed, and I'm about to reveal it to you now. <gasps> No, it's not Kyle Pitts. It's oh, not, wow. I, yeah, because I it's not very I thought, well. I thought this was another opportunity for, for us to have another podcast about Kyle Pitts. I mean, I you like, know oh, I would. I, 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 can do 20 minutes, I can do 20 <laughs> minutes on Kyle Pitts whenever I want. Uh, no, it's yeah. actually not. It's Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. Wow. And I'm going to give you my reasoning why and what changed, right? So uh, last yeah. night, our good friend Marcus Armstrong from Mock Draftable – uh, I was actually putting up some of the charts uh, for for the offensive linemen, and I tweeted out Rashawn Slater's uh, chart at offensive guard. And not surprisingly, he tested as an elite athlete. And we knew this. This isn't again. This isn't anything new. I think it was just a visual of seeing him basically hit the 90th percentile, and every athletic testing mark is what made me so excited. And the more and more I think about this draft, Landon. If you take Rashawn Slater at 10, not only are you getting a guy that could potentially be the future left or right tackle, you're also getting a guy that could probably be a Pro Bowl guard right away. I think it just allows you to use, you know, Browns two through seven to address your defense. If you pick Slater at 10, you probably don't need to spend another pick on the offense the rest of the draft outside of what may be a receiver on day three. And it just gives you so much more ammunition to spend on the defensive side of things. And I think this defense is more than one player away from being ready to go. And that's why I think I like Slater so much at Ted. Your thoughts. Well, I, I I have to unpack it a little bit. First of all, are you saying that like if, and I, not that this is even possible, but is Sewell on the board when you're picking Slater? I don't think it's very likely. I mean, I think, yeah, I think I have Sewell ahead of Slater, but I, it just feels way more unlikely yeah, that he'll be I, there. I agree that I think it's more likely that Slater will be there than Sewell. So but who's can, a better fit for Dallas? Like if both are there, which one would you rather have? Because I think, I think I have more confidence in Sewell, Sewell being a left tackle in the NFL, but I think I have more confidence in Slater just being a better overall player, whether it's at tackle or guard. Yeah, I don't I I mean I guess and look, 
I love offensive line play, uh, but I really struggle with the idea of taking a guard at at ten. You know, uh, or, or a guy that I I think the, the the appeal to me for Slater is that he is that he could play guard at an extremely high level and then play tackle for you down the road because exactly yes. I, I but but I guess my point is is that unless you think that he can do both, unless you think that he can be, uh. The, the you know you're starting offensive tackle of the future and your immediate uh, offensive guard like Pro Bowl level offensive guard right now, I don't know that he's worth ten because the, like you got to make sure that he can swing out to tackle because I, I don't know that I feel great about taking just an offensive guard at ten necessarily. I, I agree especially with, with where I, they are, but if they feel like that they can actually play him at tackle, uh, I don't hate the pick. I mean, I I still would prefer Sertan. Um, but I think which is fine. I I I, I agree I, that I have that, no problem with that. I agree that the idea that taking a player at ten, uh, an offensive player at ten, is not uh, you know prohibitive to allowing you to get what you still need on the defensive side of the ball if you if you sequence things correctly. Do you think Slater can play tackle in the NFL? <sighs> I I. I think he can play tackle in the NFL. Can he be a good uh, but, tackle? But that's but that's you know yeah I think that's the standard right like is that you know you're taking him at ten and suddenly if you're sw- swapping him out to offensive tackle, are you still getting a high level offensive lineman that you drafted at ten? You know, and that's that's the that's the thing I, where I get concerned is that what happens if. I slide Slater out to tackle, and he's not great at tackle. What would it's be your biggest you can... fear? What would be your biggest fear about Slater at tackle? Because I feel like in this Mike McCarthy Kellen Moore offense, the technique and the athleticism is more important than the length and the power, right? Because the Cowboys are going to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. So if you can get a guy that can stay in front of defenders, I, I think that's that's what makes me feel good that he can survive at tackle. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I think he could be a very good tackle. Like, be, you know, like obviously better than average, better than replacement level, like well, well mean, above could, that. Could he be on the Lyle Collins level of tackles? Yes, I think yeah. he could probably be on that level. Okay. Yeah, so I, I – I, but it's still – it scares me a little bit just because, again, I, I don't know that – I think there's some projection there. Even though he played tackle at, North, at Northwestern – I still think that, you know, you see him against Chase Young, and obviously that's why we're having these conversations is, yes. is that he's, yes. he's had some incredible reps against incredible pass rushers. Uh, I just worry about, like, week in and week out necessarily, you know, he's kind of at a point where he's near his ceiling. You know, I don't know how much better uh, he's going to get from here because he's – it feels like he's maxed technique and, and – uh, you know he could he'll get a little bit better from there, and then I think that's that's why I really prefer Sewell, and I and I kind of look people that uh, at, at look at Slater as a better player kind of sideways because I think Sewell does what Slater does, except he has terrible technique and 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 or not yes. terrible, but he has a lot that he can clean up, and and I think he can still get a lot better. I don't know how much better Slater is getting from here. I I, I don't have a problem with ten, with him at ten at all. Like, but I I would say that of those guys that you are cool with taking a 10, like he's probably the bottom one for me, to be honest. Yeah, for me, I think the reason I like Slater so much is because the floor is so high. That's very true. And I think, especially in this draft, Landon, when there's so so much much unknown, I think knowing that you can get, at the very worst, a guy that can play guard and center 
it, it, you know, at a, a reasonable level is intriguing to me. And I, I'm one that loves to invest, you know, picks into the offensive line. We know how the Cowboys are going to want to win games. They're going to want to score points. you got to protect your quarterback. So if you're telling me, Hey, I can pick a guy at 10 and he's at least going to contribute in some way. I like that. And then on top of that, I think, I, I just think he's got Zach Martin potential. I know he's maybe not quite as strong as Zach Martin coming out of Notre Dame. He's also like two years younger, but I think the appeal of getting a 10 year starter at pick number 10 on the offensive line is very intriguing to me. Yeah. I, I mean, all those are valid points and all of them are reasons why uh, I, I would definitely have no problem with taking him at 10. Uh, the floor aspect is obviously very appealing because you just, at this point you're trying to get out of this draft with players that you feel like are going to hit because you yes. just have so yeah. little information. Uh, I still, yeah, I, I still, I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying. I, I think I still prefer some of these other guys more, but again, I am certainly not going to be upset if Rashawn Slater is the pick. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be clear. There's a pretty, I mean, we have a pretty tight group of guys that we like at 10, obviously Patrick Sertan, if, Penny Suell is there. That's an easy pick if Kyle Pitts is there. And I think depending on how you feel about Rashawn Slater, he could be anywhere at number two, number three, or number four of that list. But all four of those guys are worthy of a top 10 selection. And I think, I mean, Lane, I'll speak for both of us. I think we'd be happy with any of those guys at number 10. Yeah, and I think if Rashawn Slater and and Patrick Sertan are both on the clock, are both available when we get on the clock at 10, it's going to be very interesting conversation. I think. Who do you think they would take? I think it's tough because I I think that you know they they have an inclination to want to take offensive linemen to build strength there. I, I think they obviously hated what happened to them last year and, and think that it was terrible that of all the position groups to to kind of be betrayed by as far as all, you know injury and that sort of thing uh, and yeah. having it as a weakness. It, it was not uh, it was not comfortable for the Cowboys for for them to be weak at offensive line. So I I could easily see them convincing themselves that they need to take Rashawn Slater since they're up yeah. here and they may not may not be up here again a lot but I also think that there is just too much con- you know people have been putting out their list of guys uh that would be best fits for teams have you seen those like, like yes. oh yeah. you know forget forget of projections like let's just talk about best fits on teams I I honestly don't understand why more people aren't putting Patrick Sertan and the Cowboys together. It just makes too much they're, sense. His running perfect. mate is there. It's, yeah. it, 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 there's a need there, the playing style versus what you're required. I think there's just a lot of confluence that's that's pushing Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys at 10. So I, I would probably go there. And I'll be honest, if you ask me this question like three hours from now, my opinion might switch. So this is <laughs> yeah. certainly not set in stone. So don't hold yeah. me to this uh, because I think what will actually happen, Landon, is we when we get on the clock and the draft starts going, my opinion might change. Like I, I think that's I think that's when you find out how much you really like these players, right? When yeah. you're on the board. So uh, maybe we need to revisit this in about two weeks, but. Okay. Uh, we will continue to do that. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but we have NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's get to some of the questions. This one comes from Jake. Assuming Dallas goes offense in round one, maybe a Rashawn Slater at number 10, <laughs> which day two cornerback do you think the Cowboys would, be, or would best fit Dan Quinn's defensive scheme? Uh, we've talked about a lot of different guys here, but which one do you think best fits his scheme on day two? Well, I think what's been really difficult when, when kind of answering these questions is defining who is a day two cornerback. You know, I sure. mean, where is Fetsu Melifano going to go? Where is Newsom going to go? Where is, you know, Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell going to go? Uh, I think all of these guys to me are day two guys. Uh, maybe not Newsom. Maybe Newsom is probably day, in probably day, day one, one. But yeah, I, I think probably if I had to choose one, um, Fetsu Melifano probably is the guy that if he's there at 44, or, um, that he probably is the best immediate fit, I imagine. Um I mean, Campbell and Ty- – honestly, I like all three of those guys at 44. Oh, wow. yep. Campbell, Stokes, and uh, uh, So, And I think that all of them are, are actually pretty decent scheme fits for what the, what they're looking for, um, especially since you consider like there's been seemingly a, a kind of loosening of the uh, size requirements, uh, it seems like, for some of the, the corners. I, th- I think, you know, the, at least as far as weight goes, yep. I think they're, they're, they're looking for speed guys for sure. Um so I think that all three of those guys are are people that could that they could be uh, considered as get picks uh, there. Um, I can't think of anybody else that would probably those, be. Those are really the three, right? I those think are the three Cam- I would get: Campbell, yeah. Stokes, and Melifonwu. And listen, we've done a show. I think it was two weeks ago where we talked about three these three guys specifically and uh, who we liked. I know you're an Eric Stokes guy. I'm Tyson Campbell all the way. I think. Partly that's why I like Slater at 10, because if you can get Campbell at 44, that's like my ideal draft, because I don't think there's a massive gap between Sertan and Campbell. I know you disagree, and I'm sure you're shaking wow. your head right now. Wow. Uh, I, I, between listen, Sertan and Campbell, you don't think there's a big difference? Well, I mean, I think there's like a tier difference, but I don't think there's a 30-pick difference. Okay. Okay. I, I think, listen, I think Tyson Campbell grades out very favorably to AJ Terrell, who the Falcons took last year at what pick 16, uh, who happened to be drafted by Dan Quinn. So I think you're getting a very similar player at 44, but I think those are the three names and let's, let's flip this landing because uh, uh, Jewel wants to know who are some possible day two picks for the Cowboys. If they take Patrick Sertan at number 10, we talked about Slater at 10. What about now Sertan at 10? Who, who are you looking at on day two? Well, I know that they will probably be looking at linebackers, it sounds like, or defensive tackles, potentially, if there's someone that's worthy of that, just based on what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we're hearing this all during lying season, so who knows if any of that's even true. So, uh, But I would say, you know, where's Jamin Davis going? Where's uh, – you know, I, I, I really have a hard time believing that Zayvon Collins is going to make it to 44. Uh, Barrymore, if he fell to four, 44. Sure. Um, you know, we could talk about some of the safeties too. I, I don't know how interested they are in that, but I mean, you know, someone like Moreg fell or Richie Grant's, I don't think that they, it doesn't sound like they're interested in Richie Grant, but I would be, yeah. um, 
you know, I, I think he, maybe a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you talk, they, they could potentially look at tackle at, at 44. If like, let's say someone like Liam Eikenberg fought, fell or Alex Leatherwood. Yep. Alex Leatherwood. Yeah. Another guy who, you know, that could follow a Rashawn Slater kind of track mm-hmm. uh, where he starts inside and moves outside. So, uh, there, you know, the good news for the Cowboys is that in a lot of these scenarios, like there definitely seemingly is, you know, certain paths that are better than others, but there's a lot of options no matter where they go at, at 10. It seems like they, you know, they're, they're not going to be, uh, I think the, the common fear that we all had early on is, well, what happens if you don't take a defensive player at ten? Like, what happens if something ha- falls? Someone falls to right. the Cowboys at ten, whether it's Sewell or Slater or or Pitts, and they ha- and they feel like they have to take that. Are they going to still be able to get the talent they need on the defensive side of the ball with the with the with their remaining picks? Uh, and I, you know, just from just this exercise, doing it over and over again, it feels like they will have good options. Either way, you know, yeah. e- whether yeah. they pick an offensive player or a defensive player at 10, there still will be options for them at 44. I really feel like if they pick Slater at 10, they're more likely just to sit and see who the best defensive player is available at 44. Likely one of those cornerbacks, right? But yeah. I, I I truly feel like if Sertan is at the pick at 10, yeah. that's when they're going to be aggressive. I think that's when they're going to start going up to the end of the first round, top of the second round. And the guy that, listen, I continue to hear that the Cowboys really like, and Dane Brugler kind of broke this news on the last draft show that the Cowboys have a first round grade on Zayvon Collins. We've known for a while that they really like him. Uh, The Cowboys typically have 14 to 15 first round grades in their draft board. And if they get Sertan and Collins starts to slip into the late twenties, early thirties, that's when I anticipate the Cowboys going up for Zavin Collins. I think Jamin Davis is another guy that you mentioned. Maybe Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora would make a lot of sense, but I do think those three linebackers are who they would be targeting uh, You know, with that second pick, whether it's trading up or sitting there. Uh, any final guys you want to mention here for the Cowboys at, at 44? No, I mean, I think I think those are the big names that we've covered, and, and I think those are the names that will likely be available, you know, realistically be available. Now, of course, leave we're leaving this all open for somebody to fall, which always happens. So, yes. Uh, yes. But those are the names that I think you know you you can safely assume, hopefully, that they'll be there at forty four. At least one of those names, right? Yes. Uh, I would agree. I think one of those guys, if they're not at forty four, I think they're going to start falling into the thirties and that's when you'll see the Cowboys move up. They've got a ton of draft capital. They're going to want to make sure they get their guys, and I think I think they're going to be aggressive here. Uh, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. 
All right, Landon, we got this question from a couple different people. I'm going to start with Kevin. He said, do you think the opt-out players will start to slide down now that coaches are getting involved with every team and messing up the draft boards? Do you think it will affect the Cowboys? Um, there's been a lot of opt-out players this year. Seems like a couple of these guys are connected to the Cowboys. We just got done talking about Penny Suell, Rashawn Slater. Do you think it affects these teams that are going to impact their draft stock? Uh, do I think the fact that they opted out for, for the season yes. is going to affect yes. them? Yeah, I mean, I think it does. I, I think, and, and it, it's, you know, it's like anything else in, in draft world. It's really the eye of the beholder. You know, a scout may look at it like, okay, well, I have to know, you know, I just kind of have to project this guy forward a, a year uh, because I, I only got 2019 tape and, and you know, he's not, he's a 20 year old kid when he's, you know, doing this. And, you know, and I, and then I think there's, there's the, less uh uh you know scientific uh, uh approach to it where people where coaches will come and say i don't want a guy who's opted out of 20 20 mm-hmm. like i and i wanted a guy who didn't quit you know quote unquote quit on his team or you know th- th- they'll everyone's going to take this information in their own way you know through yeah. their own lens and i think uh th- there will be negative uh uh connotations associated with people that opt out whether that's fair or not and i i personally don't think it is fair uh but it, it's gonna happen um and i think that as far as you know the scouting side of it it makes it incredibly difficult i, mean, I, I think you, you know as just as someone who is watching these guys when i have to go back a year to watch the tape it, it's you have a whole 365 day period where you haven't seen these guys, you know, and, and, and when you're watching the tape, normally you like to watch a progression. I like to watch a a game early in the season and then late in the season to see where he's, where he's coming. You don't have any of that. And unless these guys, some of these opt-out guys showed up uh, like Levi on but only temporarily, you know, showed up to senior bowl practices to kind of give you some kind of check-in to where they are as football players it's a difficult evaluation. There's a lot yeah. of unknown there and scouts and coaches hate unknown. And I, that's why this draft is just absolutely bonkers this year, because there's just a lot of unchecked boxes. There's a lot of unknowns out there around surrounding these players. And, and for the guys who have missed a year, obviously Jamar chase is, you know, one thing and Panay Sewell is another thing. Right. But for guys like, you know, Gregory, yeah, <laughs> Shelvin, Gregory yeah. Rousseau, yeah. like these guys who, you needed to see another year of them and you didn't get that opportunity. Javon Holland, I think is another yeah, guy who you don't, yeah. don't really know what to do with because you see, you saw a lot of good stuff on his tape that makes you interested that whetted your appetite to see what happens with him in 2020, but you didn't get that opportunity to see him in 2020. And it's not because of injury. So yes. you really yes. have, or I guess I'll say it this way. We in the media, not on the, uh, in the, uh, with these football teams, we have almost nothing to go on. You know, right. just basically right. uh, 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 pro days, you know, at least the scouting departments of these teams, they they probably have sources. They're probably able to talk to these guys directly to see what their training programs are. They may even have the ability to go to the training facilities that these guys have been working out and and get information uh, on exactly, you know, how they're progressing athletically over the last year. So but for us, it's just a, a ton of unknown um, it, and, and it, it definitely has an effect on the prospects and their rankings. But the but the the answer here is that it's difficult to kind of tell you how much of a, an effect the rankings has because every team is going to take this information in differently, yeah. and we have no roadmap 
for how these teams will take that information because this is all brand new to everybody. Yeah, and the only thing I would add, is, and you kind of touched on it, is I want to know what a guy was doing after he opted out. Like, I yeah. believe Rashawn Slater, I hate to keep going back to him, but I believe he was working out with Duke Manyweather uh, you know, at the O-line mastermind camp, right? Getting better at his craft. And I think you saw him test out of this world at the Northwestern Pro Day. I think guys that did stuff like that, Jamar Chase was another one, you know, working out at these speed camps and you see him go to the Pro Day and absolutely shine. I think I have less questions about those guys than I do, again, Gregory Russo, who had all this time to get ready for the Pro Day and kind of disappointed, right? Those are the guys that really make me nervous. So, I think I don't think it's fair to just to say, hey, we're knocking everybody down on the board who opted yeah. out. I don't think that's fair. I think you need to do case by case basis and really investigate what did these guys do with their 12 months off? You know, I hate but, to even word it that way. I would also say that, you know, teams need to be careful about guys that opted out and basically just did speed training only. You know what I'm saying? Yes, because yes. I think there is something to the idea that, you know, just doing an extended training for, you know, a track meet isn't necessarily the same thing as getting football ready for Correct. 2021. So 100% agree. I think that's what makes a lot of these angles even more difficult is that some of these guys who are training, who are putting up impressive numbers, and I don't, I'm not including Jamar Chase into this, no, right? no, but, but I think just in general, general, yes. Yeah. There are guys out there that like basically just trained for their combine events or their, their pro day event. It, right. Yeah. And, and, and you wonder how much that actually will translate to how they play on the football field. All right. Our last question, and it's actually a combination of questions. Uh, this one comes from Zach and Joe. Uh, they want us to talk about Mel Kuyper's mock draft today. And in case you didn't see it, oh boy. Uh, Cowboys sitting at number 10, Patrick Sertan available to them, easily could have pulled the trigger. Instead, they trade back to number 15 with the New England Patriots. The Patriots yeah. trade up and get Justin Fields. Uh, the Cowboys acquire only a 2022 first-round pick from New England, so they slide back five spots. Sertan, I believe, goes to the New York Giants at 11, and the Cowboys take J.C. Horn. So uh, your thoughts on that, and then the question from Joe, how far back could you comfortably trade and still get J.C. Horn in this draft? 15 is probably it, right? I like, think that's the very, very bottom, and I, I think that even makes me a little nervous because yeah, – I the mean, Vikings I, I drafted was, 14, and yeah. we know Mike Zimmer's history of drafting corners, so that one makes me a little nervous. I honestly don't think that the Cowboys got enough out of that trade either, right? Like, I mean, a 2022 first, first is quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I would probably be. I, I don't know that I would risk it for next year's pick. I, I give me some picks this year. Um, you know, even if it's a second round pick for this year, I, I mean, that's essentially the same thing as a first round pick for next year. I would prefer that as uh, to just a first round pick from next for next year. If I'm taking the risk of trading away from someone like Patrick Sertan and potentially, you know, putting myself at risk for not taking either JC uh, Horn or Patrick Sertan, um, I, I would need a little bit more, I think. But, but I mean, again, the, the idea that this ended up working well, like I would take those results. I just, I just don't know when you're trading away at 10 to go to 15, you don't know that those are going to be the results. So uh, I, I think I would need a little bit more to, to take the risk of right. running the gauntlet of whether those two cornerbacks will make it through those five picks. So would you rather take new England's first rounder next year or pick 46 and 97? 46 
Okay, what about just I would 46? rather have that personally. What about just yeah. 46? Uh, versus their number one pick from next year? Yes. Yeah, so you get a second, you know, a mid-second round pick this year or a first rounder next year. I'd probably still take the mid-second rounder, I think. Really? See, I think I'd be... I, I think so, yeah. I think. Because <sighs> the worst case scenario, that first round pick is 32 next year. If you just wait a year, you're adding, you know, what, 400 points worth of value? I don't know. That's a tricky one. I, I, but I want the player. That's that's the thing. It's it's the risk. That's that's yeah. that's what. It's not just the trade. It's the risk that I'm taking on by by moving trading away from a player that I of a player a blue chip player that's what that's at a position yeah. of need that you that you're not having to risk any capital to get. Like that's a, that's you got to have to entice me away from them, and especially since. Who did they trade up for? Did they trade up for Mac Jones? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Oh, oh well, then no way, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you no way. That. You're giving me next year's well, first and you're giving me 46. Like, why, does it, why does it matter if it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Because it's a quarterback. I mean, if he's, yeah. if they're trading up for the quarterback, I don't, I'm holding them up for it. Like, they, I mean, there's uh, go look at the history. Like, the quarterbacks, you pay, you pay a premium when you're trading up for them. If a quarterback is available, especially Justin Fields, who a lot of guys – on a lot of boards will will view as like you know number one or number two on their board there's teams out there that probably have justin fields as their number one quarterback right like there's got probably one team yeah right? i'm sure there probably is yeah but, but, but my point is is that justin fields is a very well thought of quarterback mac jones is you know a guy that we're kind of talking about potentially you know pushing into the top 10 so that you know people can get their quarterbacks but if, if it's justin fields that falls to 10 no they need to give us more to if they're coming to get their quarterback of the future. You're 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 paying to come get him. Uh, I I would love especially to see for that. New England. Screw Belichick, <laughs> yeah. man. He, 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 I'm not giving him a quarterback. I'm not giving him Justin Fields. You're coming to get it. You're paying me a lot. Oh man, uh, I do agree. I think 15 is the bottom of where you can trade down and expect to get J.C. Horn. But you better have two other guys that you feel really yeah. comfortable drafting. Whether that's Christian Darasaw, the tackle from Virginia Tech, or maybe it's a linebacker. Maybe it's saving Ojolari. If, if they like Ojolari, like that, I, I can yes. t- take me back to fifteen. And if I can still get Ojolari, I agree. I feel I feel good. But I but again, if, if if they're trading up for a quarterback, they better come with a strong offer. I mean, that's I that's ridiculous. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can subscribe on YouTube. We're really trying to push our YouTube channel, so please, please, yes. please do that. Uh, you can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you next time.